0: Greetings, and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shira and Yomi. My name is Yitzchak, Shalom, and I'm on Masachat Shabbat, Tafkuf Mem Dalad Amud Bet, near the bottom of the Amud, continuing with our examination of various aspects of Sekhita, of squeezing, like squeezing fruit, to get the juice out. I'm You are allowed to squeeze a whole cluster of grapes, meaning get the juice out, right into a pot, meaning where there's food and it's used to help the food, but not into a bowl. And the idea is it's being used just as a liquid. So what do we learn from Shmuel, our teacher? You can also milk a uh, a goat right into a kdera, because milking is again a subset of dash, just as schita is. So what is it that Shmuel holds, that Rav Achista picked up on? A liquid that's coming to support food is considered food. And therefore it's not a liquid. And therefore there's no dash, no schita. He challenged this. If a zav uh, is milking a goat, the milk that comes out is tamei. And there's no qualifier here about where the milk is going. The mashka Mashkabala Ochlin Ochalu, but if you think that liquids that come out for food are considered food, <coughs> meaning, this is food and it needs some liquid to be Mashshirit, but <laughs> Ma'it Kasher, what liquid made it The answer is In a different context, Rabbi Yochanan suggested that the first drop that's on the teat, which is not going to be used for food, is the liquid that's machshir. The rest of the milk that comes out. Meiti Ravina, Ravina challenged again. Tmei vaanavim. Let's say somebody's a tmei mate and he squeezed grapes and uh, olives out. mechuvenet. If it's exactly a kibetzah tahor, what's the implication? Hayotem tame If it's more than a kibetzah, then it has a deen like any other food of a that size, which is makabel tuma. Again, if Shmuel and Ravchisa's position is that liquids that come out, because again, this statement is not qualified by what the use of the juice is, <coughs> then what was maksha the food? Who asked the question also provided the answer, but the It's talking about a case We're using it for liquid. This whole thing is a makhloka tanaim. A hey, Mishnah in Maasrot, Machlik ba'anavim. Machlik here means take you take some grape juice and rub it on bread. Lo huchshar, The bread is not muchshar. Have you do It sounds like that's the machloket. My love, b'hat kimi is this not the machloket? Marsav r'mashke b'al ochal ochalu. Umarsav r'lav ochalu. That Rabbi Yehuda holds that it is uh, that mashke b'al ochal is still a liquid. And therefore, it's, uh, it's the bread. And the tarakama holds that it's a food, and therefore lochshar, because there's no liquid there. He turns everything inside out and says, everybody agrees, at least in that Mishnah, that liquids coming out for food are still liquids that are food. Their dispute is about liquids that are going to be destroyed. Because after all, the liquids that are put on top of this bread, when you bake the bread, they're going to be gone. They're going to be baked in. Mar-savu-mashkehu. Rabbi holds their mashkeh, and therefore it is tameh. mar la mashkehu Tanakama holds it. It's not. Prug the <inaudible> honey. tanai They seem to be following the same machloket uh, uh, as we have here. <inaudible> Let's say you're breaking open olives, and your hands are tameh. Huchar. <clears throat> The olives are Mukshar and Makabotuma. Le Softan Bamelach if you're using in order to point to push them into, into salt, Lokshar. But Leda they tell them the Salkim Lav, if you want to check the olives to see. If they're ready for harvesting, then lo uchshar. And Rabu Uda omer uchshar, Rabiuda disagrees. Now remember, though, when you check the olives to see if they're ready for harvesting, that's liquid that's good. That olive, that oil is stuff that's going to be gone. It's not going to stick around. It's li'ibud. And so that seems to be the machloket. Yes, indeed, those chachamim uh, are disagreeing about that. But the ones who are disagreeing about the the grape juice on the bread have a slightly different When using a liquid in order to shine a food, because you're not using it to make the food, but to shine the food, kind of like uh, rubbing or brushing egg on top of a bread. Okay, i Rav. So as we heard before. The Daglitz Siro, if you're squeezing fish oil out of a fish, I feel to Kara, you could do that anywhere. Yati uh, Ravdimi Vikamaralahashmata Ravdimi repeated this report uh in Pumadita in the name of Rav. Amalya Bayabaya turned him and said, Ravdimi, Atun Mishme Du Rab Matnitin Matnitu and Volokashalahu. You learn this as a statement of Rav, and so you have no problem. Here in Pomadito, we learned that it's being authored by Shmuel. And that's what led us to a contradiction. Since when did Shmuel say that fish that you squeeze out is okay even into a Karaam? If you have uh, pickled uh, vegetables and you squeeze them out, Gufan mutar. If you're squeezing them out because you want them to be dry and get rid of the liquid, that's mutar. patur. If you want to get the um, the juice out for the juice, then it's patur avalasuri. You're not allowed to do it. Ushlakot if it's boiled vegetables, not pickled. gufan pat Either way, it's mutar. Shmuel, who took the more severe position, said, mutar patur aval asur." He said that uh, even the boiled vegetables, you're only allowed to squeeze out which means that Shmuel took the position that you're not allowed to squeeze things to get them out for their liquid. So, uh, so Abaye turned to Avdimi and said. That's why we had a problem with that statement that you had in Rav's name as being in Shmuel's name. So Amar Leha Elohim, it took an oath. Uh, a Ra'uva Lozar, meaning I saw it with my own eyes. What's that? Mi Rabbi I Rav Dimi heard it from Rabbi yirmiya in Tiberia. From Rabbi he got it directly from Rabbi Zera. Rav Barashi. Rav khia Barashi Mirav. In other words, it came from Bavel. Directly, person by person, we can identify who they are to Eretz Yisrael, and now I'm bringing it back to Bavel, and I can testify that it was in the name of Rav. Okay, Gufa. Krashim esachtan. You have these pickled vegetables that you squeeze them out. I'm a Rav. The Gufan mutar, the mehen patur v'lasur. Shlakopin the Gufan be the mehen mem mutar. Shmuel and Achadzev, Achadzev, the Gufan mutar, the patur. That we already saw of Asur. lasur. Rabbi Yochanan Amar. There's a third opinion here. Echad kvasim, echad Either way, so it sounds like uh, like, uh, like Shmuel here, which equates the two. Legufan mutar, lememehen chayav chatat. So Yochanan took an extreme position and uh, also a diametric, a polar position, which is if you're squeezing them out in order to have the food dried out, it's mutar. But if you're squeezing it out to get the juice, you're chayav for schita. Meitavay, so the challenge. So, and it's a challenge to all three of them so you're allowed to squeeze out pickled vegetables on Shabbat for that day of, say, Shabbat. not for later but you're not allowed to squeeze grapes or olives and if you do your all right which presents again a broad range here now everybody has a difficulty with this because for instance, Rabbi Yochanan says you have chatat in more cases than just Zetim van Avim. And Rav and Shmuel say that such things are mutar or just asur, but Al chayav. So Rav metar tzameh, Shmuel mutar tzameh, Yochanan Each one of the Amoraim could explain that right to fit his own position. Let's start with Rav. Rav metar tzameh. Sochatin kvashim Shabbat at Soracha shabbat You're allowed to squeeze out pickled vegetables on Shabbat, that's the quote, for the for don't know say Shabbat, not for later. But Rav metar Gufan. So then he puts in a qualifier that's only when you're trying to squeeze them out to dry them. If it's for the juice, then you're not allowed, but it's patur. So Rav here would have to agree uh, that Zetim and Anavim are in a category by themselves and you're Chayav. Okay, Shmuel metaritz the tamei, and Shmuel is going to do fairly the same thing. So chatim k'vashim b'sharad and soch hasharad who are din l'shlokot, okay. meaning he just says whatever the bracha said about k'vashim is the same for shlakot. You're allowed to do it. Medvamui l'gufan aval me'mehan patur v'al asur. What the bracha left out was if you're squeezing them out for the liquid. V'zeitim v'anavim lo yischot those you can't squeeze. V'misachat chayav chatat. That Shmuel, and again zeitim v'anavim were left out of Shmuel's original formulation he explains as follows. The same, and then he goes one step further. That so when the says you're allowed to squeeze them out, that's the gufan. But if you're squeezing it for the liquids, It's as if you did olives or grapes, and because olives are grapes, chayav chatat for. We're going to see more about that a little later. Dvar Torah. Here we go. So he disagrees with Rabbi Yochanan. And he says that it's only olives and grapes for which you are Chayav. Those are the only ones that are Minah Torah. That's it. Pi Kasher, he had another statement which is second hand testimony is only valid La is when somebody testifies that a man who was missing actually was dead, and we recognize him properly and all the details at the end of Yevamot, and therefore the woman can remarry. That's a separate statement that was made in Beminasha. We'll go back to that briefly, uh right now. Uh, but the point is that, uh, that we are opposing Rabbi Yochanan and saying you're never chayav for anything except olives and grapes, which are the only two that are da'oraita. What about a second on testimony to testify about a bachor? Now the case is as follows. After the chorban beta mikdash, uh, bachorot, uh, Bechor animals, we became a big problem. You can give it to the coin, but what's the coin going to do with it? Until it has a moon? we can't do anything. There's no Beit HaMikdash. And therefore, we were concerned that Kohenim may deliberately make a moon on the animals so they'd be able to eat it. So if there's a moon, we need testimony that the moon happened in an inadvertent way and not by the hands of the Kohen. question is, is Admi P.A. good enough testimony for that? So Rav Ami Asif, Rav Shari. So Machlok between the students of Rabbi Ochan on whether we accept it. So, Amir of Amin Ravasi. who did not allow it, said, We heard that statement, that the only time Eid Pied is valid is for Eidut Shah, and that's uh, that's it, not Edu Bechor. So Amin Ravasi said, what it means is that Edu Shah Shak Bilvad. doesn't mean testimony on behalf of the woman so she can marry, but any testimony for which a woman is believed, which is lots of areas of testimony, including Edu Bechor. And therefore, if a woman is believed, then P eight is believed because we're not talking about a formal type of Edut. Rav He actually, in practice, allowed P 8 for Bachor. Kari Alei Maremar. said regarding this: Yemar Shari Yemar is the one who was Matir Bachorot, and not a nice thing. But that is the halacha that we allow it. Okay. At the end of the Mishnah we talked about. Uh Honeycomb. If a honeycomb is 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 uh, shattered, the the honey that comes out of it is asur. is matir. Ki atav in the So he came from an Hadea. Atav Aiti matnita He came with a brayta, which said zetim Va'anavim anavim shiriskan Shabbat. If you have olives or grapes that were smashed before Shabbat, and then yatsum yatsman, and then the juices came out on their own through Shabbat, asurinia. They're not a lot of benefit. Rabbi Lazar, Shimon, Matirim. Not only Rabbi Eliezer, but also Rabbi Shimon permitted. Rabbi Yosef, Well, what are you adding here? We already knew that Rabbi Eliezer is Matir, so you're just adding Rabbi Shimon into the mix? He says, No, it's actually quite important because we had a case of This is Vanavim. You could argue that honey is a food. So the honeycomb is a food, and the honey is a food. So that's perhaps why he allows it. But in this case, where it's food, grapes, and now it's liquid, alone, perhaps Rabbi Lear would not permit it, no one would permit it. Kamash that he does, and Rabbi Shimon joins him. Okay, the next Mishnah. Anything that was already heated up before Shabbat, you can soak it in hot water on Shabbat. If not... You can spray it with hot water. You can wash wash it with hot water as it were on Shabbat. An old salted fish. Um which is another kind of fish, because putting hot water on them is actually the final cooking piece, so you're really being mavashel. Okay, Kigon Mai, what kind of food are we talking about? So evidently they had certain kind of chickens there. That, uh, you would, uh, cook it in an Shabbat, and then, and, and have it in the hot water, and then put it in the hot water on Shabbat, and it would, uh, it would work well. Now, Safra, I it I came to his house once. If he had not given him that special kind of wine, with the uh, vine with three, uh, three leaves on it, I would have been in trouble, and he was so tasty. So, Rabbi Yochanan, this is, uh, another story about food, so i been tarfi, not the three leaves, but rather an old wine, then, uh, I would have been very, I, he said I would have been very sick and I would have almost thrown out, throw, thrown up. Rabbi Yochanan ate kutacha which is that mixed with, uh, honey and milk, milk and, and, and wheat and, so uh, something we discussed in the context of Pesach, and he uh he spit it out. Uh if he didn't even talk about it, he would spit. So we we should also spit when we talk about that uh chicken at Rabbi Abba's house. And I came there once I would kutach to bavloi. They made me that kutach. And um and uh I I asked all the all the sick people in the West. Uh, um, uh, and then the Mishnah says that anything that did not uh, get in the hot water before Shabbat uh, you can just uh, put the hot water on it what happens if you actually did wash in hot water those things, those fish right, it says that that's actually their, their uh, Bishul Okay, Yati Rabbi Chia Bar Ama Rabbi Asi came to Rabbi Yochanan. We have a delightful little piece here to finish off, and they were sitting from Yochanan. Yativ Rabbi Yochanan came and him. He was nodding off. Amarle Rabbi Chia Bar Ama Rabbi Asi. So one of the students turned to another student and said, "Nimah orfotch bavel shvenim. Why are the chickens and the the the, the birds in bavel so fat?" Amarle klach lebid bar azan or echas and go to azan. I'll show you fatter ones. This is part of the pride of Eretz Yisrael. We've got fatter ones than they do. Why are they so happy on the Chagim uh, in Bavel? And so his answer is, Because they're poor and they don't get to celebrate much, so therefore Yontaf is very special for them. Whereas we in Eretz Yisrael, we're rich, so therefore we're happy all year. Yontaf is not that special. Why are in Bavel? Why do they wear such nice clothes? And His answer was Lefisha enan b'nei Torah. In other words, they're not known for their great Torah, but rather they uh, are known for the nice clothes. Why are the non-Jews uh, so smelly? The pagans so smelly? And the answer is they eat all sorts of disgusting things. While well, the students are saying this, and there seems to be a competition between sort of Eretz uh, Yisrael uh, and uh, and Bavel. On the one hand. Rabbi Chia Baramba seems to be praising Eretz Yisrael, and Ravasi gives er- Bavel, and Ravasi, in every case, gives an answer which makes Bavel look bad. So, while that's happening, Rabbi Ochanan, he woke up, and Amad he said, You little children, what does the Pasuk say? Say to wisdom, You are my sister, what does that mean? If you know that something is the case, just as much as you know that your sister is also to you, say it. But if not, don't say it. Meaning, why are you giving answers to things you don't really understand? So why don't you give one of the answers? So you answer why are the birds in Bavel so fat? Because in Bavel they never went into exile. That Moab, for instance, says Yirmiyahu, never went into the Gola, so they're very comfortable and they're very fat. But if you go into the Gola, you get skinny because you're traveling and because you're exiled and you're poor, etc. Pacham and um, how do we know that here there was exile? I mean, there was a time there was nobody here. For 52 years, nobody was in Yehuda at all. Shinamar, mourns on the mountains and cries over Yehuda. Nobody was here. And Behema, There was no Behema. And Behema is 52. In everything returned to Judah except for that special kind of fish. All of these uh, rivers end up coming to Ainatam, which is uh, not far from Beit Lachem, and this doesn't have a strong enough spine, so it's not able to make it. Okay. So the question: Why are they so happy in Bavel? Our answer was, because they don't have such a good time the rest of the year. He said, We were cursed. God cursed us that he's unhappy with our holidays, and so he made our holidays bad. In Bavel, they didn't get that curse. Why does he say that the holidays are, have become a burden for God? Not that they sin before me. And they make me work hard to figure out what, what hard kazerak kasha I'm going to give them. As a good example, every yontif there's some army bivouacking and coming into Tzipori and making trouble for us. Part of the curse. All sorts of officers and tax collectors, when I mean, they come in on in on, on the Yom Tov dafka into Tiberia. So again, the question: Why are the Talmidei Chachamim and Bavel? Why are they so well dressed? And the answer we was originally given was because they're not B'nai Torah, so they got to be known for their clothes. Because they're not local there's a common phrase which says if you're in your town and then it's your reputation carries you if not then you're closed nobody knows you and B'nai Bavel travel around a lot so they have to wear dressed nicely okay the Pasuk in Yisrael HaBaim Yashrei Farach Yisrael Rav Yosef Eretzim Bavel Shosin Tzitzin Ufarachim LaTorah what is Yatsitsu Farach Yisrael these are the scholars in Bavel says Rav Yosef of Bavel that make flowers and buds for the Torah so we go back to the other question that they asked each other while he was napping or while he was nodding off why do the goyim, why the pagans smell so bad so it's not because of what they eat because they were not there at Har Sinai what does that mean? we have a midrashic tradition that the nachash, the primordial serpent actually had relations with Chava he put a terrible stench to her and that stench remained in humanity until Yisrael shem du'ar Sinai paska zomatan. When I'm Yisrael was at the Sinai, the stench stopped. Ovedeko chavim shlem du'ar Sinai. The pagans who weren't there, paska and they never had it stop. Racha b'raydu Rav I explained Gerim who weren't there. Mayafagavni inu lo havu They weren't there. The mazal was there. Dichtiv tasheri shno poimano yom amei the man the Brit is with everyone who is here and who's not here. <laughs> he had a different take. He said that this stench stayed with our ancestors for three generations. Because Avraham and Yitzhakov did but on the other hand, Yaakov had twelve perfect children who had no fault in them, and that's when the Zuama stopped. So it was not Sinai, and it wasn't Bishut Mamad Sinai, but it was rather Bishut. The, uh, the twelve children of Yaakov. Okay, we'll pause at this point. We'll pick it up with the, uh, in the next podcast on Kufman Vavamud Aleph. the meantime, should have a wonderful day.